In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one, one God, amen. One of the things that we read about uh, uh, today in the gospel is the coming of the three wise men, the three magi, that came to visit the Lord after his birth. And we read about their visitation in Matthew 2, verse 11. It says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we read uh, about this, of the, the meaning behind these gifts. It says, They brought him frankincense, because he is Lord, gold as for a king, and myrrh as for his living death. The, the, the different aspects of these gifts that they gave him and what they represented. But we, we wonder at who these three magi were who traveled such a long distance and over a very long period of time, having seen the star in the sky, in order to find the Lord. And the first thing that they do when they find him is they bow down before him and they present him with gifts. You know, we, we read often about examples of people who go out into the wilderness to find some kind of a wise person, and the reason they go and seek after them is because they want some kind of uh, advice from them, or they want something from them. Here, these magi, they went to the Lord, and they brought with them and carried with them all the way from their country these gifts that they offer to the Lord. So we can ask ourselves also, when we come to the Lord and when we celebrate the Feast of the Nativity, are we coming with gifts to offer? Are we coming? And as His grace and His holiness were saying in their message, that we are starting this new year with the idea of, of a renewal. And as His Grace Bishop Yusuf was saying, not to go back to the things that we had before, but to start something new, a difference, something, something that's different than before, a better life than what we had before. Not seeking to restore what was before, but to build something even greater. And during this time, we can think of the Lord and His coming and the greatness of His coming and how much we are benefiting from His incarnation, from the salvation that He offers us. And because of our love for Him, because of our, our understanding of what He has done for us, that we come bearing gifts. Maybe we cannot bear the Lord and offer to Him the frankincense and the gold and the myrrh the way that the three magi did, but there are certainly many gifts that we can offer to Him. And we do not offer to Him because He does not have. You know, sometimes we speak about giving gifts to people. We give gifts to people who do not have something and we want to find out what is it that you don't have so I can give it to you, right? The Lord is lacking of nothing. There is nothing that we can offer to Him that He does not have. The thing that He wants us to offer is ourselves, that we are offering ourselves to the Lord, for this is truly the thing that pleases Him. He is not satisfied with the gold and He's not satisfied with the, the gifts and the presents and all this. It makes no difference to Him. But what God wants from us is us. He wants us to offer ourselves. So what are some of the things we can offer of ourselves? The first is we can offer our, of our possessions. And when we offer of our possessions, it is not that we are offering things that God does not have or that God needs. When we offer of our possessions, we are saying to God, you are more important to me than this. You are more important to me than my finances, than my money, than my house, than my cars. You are more important to me than anything that I own. It is not, again, that God needs money. God is the one who can create money from thin air. But when we offer to God, we offer to Him as a sign of our love to Him. In Malachi 1 verse 8, uh, God was rebuking the people who were coming to offer to Him like the defective sacrifices. They were coming to offer the, the sacrifices that nobody wanted, you know, of their flock. He says, And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? 
And sometimes we look at our lives and we think, what is it that I'm offering to the Lord of, of, of the things that I have? Am I offering to Him the minimum? Am I offering to Him what is the scraps, what is the leftover? When I think about tithing, for instance, is tithing something that I do only on the occasions when I feel like I happen to have extra income? Or do I tithe even in the months where I have the least? Even in the months that I, I have less than I expected? What is it that I am giving to the Lord? Again, He wants of ourselves, not of our things. Another thing that we are to offer to the Lord is reconciliation. Reconciliation with one another. Anyone who is a parent that has more than one kids knows the, the joy that, that, that we experience when we see our children getting along with one another, playing well together, being in harmony with one another, sharing with one another, forgiving one another, serving one another, sacrificing for one another. There is something inside of a heart of a parent that melts whenever we see our children getting along. But when we see our children fighting and arguing and, and hating one another and not forgiving one another, this brings anxiety and stress and sadness, deep sadness into the heart of any parent. You can only imagine the heart of God and what is it that he sees when he sees, when he looks upon the earth and he sees the way that we as human beings that we treat each other. So God asks us to be in reconciliation to the point that when he gives us this example, um, when he was speaking to the people, he says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Again, God is saying, I'm not interested in the gift. I'm interested in you. I'm interested in you being at peace. If we are truly the body of Christ, then the body of Christ cannot be in enmity with itself, right? Whenever you think of a human being whose body is attacking itself, what do we call this? We call it a disease. It is a disease when the body attacks itself. And so we, in order for us as a church to be able to survive these dark and difficult days that we are living and that we will continue to live, the only way that we can survive this is through the unity through the unity as the body of Christ, that when we come and we take communion, we are being in communion both with God and with each other. So if, if there is anything, any enmity, any uh, grudges, any conflicts, anything that is between us as brothers and sisters, God is saying, do not even come, but instead reconcile and then come. Reconcile and be united with one another and then come and offer your gift and offer the sacrifice and partake of the body and blood of the Lord on the altar, having a clear conscience between you and all those who are around you. Another thing that we should offer to the Lord is glory. In Psalm 96, the psalmist says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. All the earth should tremble before the Lord. Trembling is not a trembling of fear. It is not a trembling of, of being frightened. It's a trembling when we, when we realize and understand who is this God? Who is the creator? He is the one who made us and not we ourselves. We glorify God how? One of the ways that we glorify God is through public obedience. Public obedience. When, when I obey the Lord and I obey it for others to see, not because I want to be seen, but others see the way that I glorify God. It's not just about my words. Of course, we can glorify God in our words. We can glorify God by, by speaking about Him. We can glorify God in many ways. But when people see the way that we live our lives and, and it becomes known that this is the way I choose to live 
and that we do it because God has commanded so, and we do it because we love the Lord, this is offering glory to God. We offer glory to God because we have chosen to live a certain way. We, we offer glory to God because we are unashamed of the way that we live. We are not trying to hide of how we live. We are not wanting to be like the world. We are proud not to be of the world. We are proud to stand apart from the world, not because we consider ourselves better or more righteous, but because we choose to live according to the principles of God. And when we fall and when we fail, we get up and we try again and we ask God for his forgiveness. It is not because we are better, but it is because we are seeking him and we are seeking to fulfill his word. Another thing that we offer to the Lord is prayer. In Psalm 142, verse 2, it says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Why is this a sacrifice? We are sacrificing of ourselves when we pray. We are sacrificing of our time when we pray. We are sacrificing other things that we could be doing, and instead I decide that I am going to pray to the Lord. I could be doing other things, instead I choose to come to the liturgy. I could be doing other things, instead I choose to come to Bible study. I could be doing other things, instead I choose to do a spiritual work. Right? This is an offering that we are giving to the Lord. We sacrifice time in order to spend with God. Because we speak about how we love God, but anyone who loves another person would choose to spend time with them. Anyone who loves anyone would choose to spend time with them. How often when we want to spend time with our friends, we miss them, we call them on the phone, we say, hey, can you, you know, do you have time for us to hang out together? Right? We, we long for those whom we love. We long for them. But when it comes to God, sometimes we, we lose this longing. Instead of having the spirit of longing, kind of like what we read about in the book of the Song of Solomon. This longing for God, this love for God. Sometimes our, our love, it grows cold. And we find ourselves following through a routine or, or, or seeking after other things and feeling unfulfilled. This offering of time to God, prayer with God, this is something important that we should offer to the Lord. Another thing we offer to God is praise and thanksgiving. In Hebrews 13, it says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is of the fruit of our lips. And this is, um, th th this may be in our time, you know, as you know, we heard so many jokes about the year 2020 and how, you know, the year 2020 was such a horrible and bad year filled with all kinds of bad things. And we're happy that 2020 is over. Um, but when you, but here it says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, right? When, when Job was uh, speaking to his wife, and after Job had lost all that he had, and his wife was saying to him, curse God and die. Curse God because of all the calamities that he has brought upon you. He, God allowed him to lose his children, to lose his possessions, to lose his health, to lose absolutely everything that he had. And maybe any one of us, you know, that, that 2020 has, doesn't compare at all to, to what he experienced. Um, any one of us in an experience like that, we would feel almost justified to hate the Lord. We would feel justified. How many people would feel justified saying, God does not exist, or God hates me, or feeling like God is against me? But Job, when his wife confronted him with this idea, he, he t said to her, what? Shall we accept good from God and not evil? Like, shall we not accept from him, when we accept from him all the good things that he gives us? Do we willfully and accepting of all these good things, but then when God denies this to us, when he, for whatever reason of his own, chooses not to give us the good things that we want, do we then curse him? 
right? Here it's saying we should continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Someone who is truly offering to the Lord, someone who truly is giving of themselves to the Lord, is always thankful. Thankful for what God has done. Even when our lives go in a direction unexpected, undesired, and yet we, we trust that the path that God leads us is good. Us as individuals, us as a church, us as a country, us as a world, that God is in control of things. Certainly there's a lot of things out of our control personally, but there is nothing out of control for God. We praise Him even in the midst of difficulties. We praise Him even when things are not according to our own will. Another thing that we offer is we offer Him what we love the most. This is actually what God seeks. God seeks from us to love Him the most. And so how do we demonstrate that we love Him the most? Is that we offer to Him what we love the most. Anything else? Abraham demonstrated this. In the life of Abraham, after he had received his son Isaac at an old age in a miraculous way, God told Abraham, go and sacrifice your son now on the altar. And Abraham took his son and he put him on the altar and he tied him and he lifted the knife to come and kill his own son. And God stopped him. And he said, "What well, now, now I know. Now I know that you love me. Now I know that you would not even spare your own son for me. And this is ironic because this is actually what God did for us. He did not spare his own son. He, 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 he followed through with the sacrifice of his own son for our sake to show us how much he loves us to redeem us. And this is why St. James says about Abraham, he says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Abraham gave the Lord the, the, the most that anyone could ever give, even more than his own life, the idea that he would sacrifice his son Isaac. So we ask ourselves, what is it that we love the most? What is it that I love the most? And it's easy for us when we hear that question, what do you love the most? And we say, oh, I love God the most. Okay, yeah, Is that really true? Like if I really look at my heart, is it really the case that I love God the most? What do I spend most of my time doing? What is it that I desire the most? What is it that I choose to do the most? Would I be willing to give this up for God? This is a question each of us can ask ourselves. Certain people maybe that are unhealthy in my life, certain activities, certain types of entertainment, whatever the case might be, Am I willing to give it up? Am I willing to offer it to the Lord and say, God, you take this and give me what is better than this. Give me what is wholesome. Give me what is righteous more than this. We offer from what is His. Another important thing to understand about offering. We offer from what is His. In the liturgy, we say, we offer unto your, your gifts from what is yours. Like, God is giving to us, and we are just taking some, a little bit, of what God has given to us, and we're saying, I give it back to you again. Right? I give it back to you. We are giving of what is His. We do not own anything, even our own bodies, even our own minds, even our voices. We, we do not own anything. Nothing belongs to us. We are just here temporarily. This is just a ride that we're on for us. Nothing that we have is permanent. Everything that we received, we received from God. When we give back to Him of what He has given, we are reminded always that He is the source of all good things. He is the source of goodness. He is the provider. And we give to him, we tell him, I am not attached to these things. I am not attached to these things. Instead, I am only attached to the giver, not to the gift. And that's an important thing that we offer to the Lord. When those wise men came, they offered expensive gifts. They were expensive. They were not something small, right? They gave of what they had received, right? Do we give of what we have received? Do we, do we think that we are um, doing God a favor by giving? 
Do we feel like I'm entitled to the things that I have and that's why I cannot give? We offer unto you your gifts from what is yours. Also, we offer without bribe. What does it mean without bribe? In Deuteronomy 10:17, it speaks about this. It says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. Who has ever tried to bribe God? Does that even make sense to us when we say to bribe God? How is it that we bribe? You know, sometimes someone will go through a very difficult thing, like, like a disaster happened in their life, a tragedy, right? And it comes to our mind, well, why did God allow this to happen to me? You know, I serve in the church and I give my tithes and I take communion and I, you know, attend Bible studies and I read the Bible and I'm a good person, you know. And we try to say that, well, because I am a good person, because I do good things, then that means God owes me. You know, he owes me good. He owes me what I want because I give to him everything good. So, you know, you're breaking your end of the deal because you're not returning, you're turn, not returning to me what I have offered to you. This is a bribe. We are giving to God because we want him to give us in return. We think that we are going to influence him. Are we offering to God out of our love for him? Or are we giving to him because we think we're going to get on his good side? Because we think that he's going to reward us because we have given those things by the earthly reward. Of course, God says that he will reward us with the heavenly reward. The heavenly reward. This is how God rewards. Okay? Not the earthly reward. There is no guarantee on the earth, no matter how much I give to God, that he will repay me with the desires of my heart on the earth. This is not my motivation, should not be why I give. The last point I want to say is that God accepts all of our gifts. He accepts all of our gifts. Um, in 2 Corinthians 8.12, St. Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, and he was telling them that they should give of their money to help the persecuted Christians in Jerusalem. Because in Jerusalem, this is where all the Jews were, right? And so there was a lot of persecution there against the Christians that had converted from Judaism to Christianity. So St. Paul told the Corinthians, God has blessed you. God has gifted you with so much. Bring some of your gifts, bring some of your money, and give it as a, as, as a collection so we can collect money for those who are in need in uh, Jerusalem. And when he was saying this to them, this is in 2 Corinthians 8, he says, for if... There is first a willing mind. It is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Meaning what? God accepts from what we have been given. If God has given me plenty, then he asks for me to give plenty. If God has given me a little, then he only asks me to give a little. But he doesn't exempt me from giving. God accepts whether, whether small or big. It is not about the amount. Again, God can multiply any gift that we give a million fold it is not about the amount god wants us to have the heart of giving he wants to have the spirit of giving the spirit of giving is a spirit of love for others the spirit of giving is a spirit of detachment from the gifts that god gives we are willing to receive from him we are willing for him to take away we are willing to live our lives for him and not for the world i just want to conclude by saying one thing that we learn and even anyone who is following the news of what happened today on the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Um, the world is a very chaotic place, maybe now more than we have ever experienced in our lifetimes, many of us. And the more and more we see that the institutions of government, the institutions of society, are not a sufficient protection for us as Christians. It is not. God is the protector. 
We have lived for so long in a very safe place, and that safety has maybe to some extent given us a false sense of security and imagining that we as Christians are protected because of the place that we live. But if you look all throughout history, what is Christianity? Christianity were the ones who were attacked. Christianity were the ones who were persecuted. Christianity were the ones who were killed and martyred. That's why we read their stories in the Synaxarian every liturgy and every day, right? We have to ask ourselves, am I here because of what God gives me here? Or am I here because I want to give God back for all the things that he has given me? Am I here trying to feel entitled? Or am I here because I understand the sacrifice that God has made for me and I have such a love for him and I want to give back? We should not be have a false sense of security living our lives. God is the one protecting us. God is the one leading us. God is the one who is, who is, who is taking us to his kingdom in heaven. Our security is in him. Our security is not in ourselves. It is not in our government. It is not in any other person or any other thing. It is in God alone. And for that, we see him as our savior, that he is the savior, and that we offer to him because he is our savior and he is our redeemer. And glory be to God forever. Amen.